Hi, Rod Rorick from Dallas, Texas. I'm a board certified plastic surgeon and welcome back to Rorick Knows, helping you become a better you. Well, once a month I talk about all the questions I get, not only in my office, but in my social media, and I break them down into different subgroups. And today we're gonna to talk about eyelid surgery or what's called blepharoplasty. These are questions I get all the time and not only in my office, but also uh, in my uh, uh, direct messaging to, in all of my social media as well. And I'm just gonna share with you some my thoughts and answers to some of these questions. So the first one is, when should I have my eyes done? How early can I do it? Because I look tired. Well, that, that actually is a great question because one of the first things that we start with aging in our face is our eyelids. And that can happen in your 30s. And if you do look tired or people say, oh, you look tired, you go, I'm not tired. And of course you say, well, okay, let me look in the mirror. And sometimes early on you can use Botox that'll elevate your eye, eyebrows. But if you have really heavy eyelids, then you should consider doing your upper eyelids. And I would say doing your upper eyelids can be done in your 30s. And the great thing about that is it lasts about 10, 15 years, much longer than a facelift. A facelift lasts probably about 10 years, sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little less. So, and a lot of it's genetic related. I, I've done uh, eyelids, upper eyelids in, in, some, in the early, mid 20s sometimes. So I think it's a very, and it's a great outpatient procedure. Sometimes you can do it in your office if it's just an upper eyelid. Now, as you get a little older and you get puffiness in your lower eyelids, then it becomes a little more complicated. And that one usually is in their 30s to 40s. So you can do your upper and both your lower eyelids. And, and that will take off 10 years. Amazing, 10 years. So here's another one, obviously, that I get a lot of time because they say, I don't want surgery. You know, everybody wants to look great, but they don't want surgery. So are there some non-surgical ways to correct eyelid aging? Well, you can mask some of the eyelid aging. Uh, if you have brow ptosis, your eyes are sagging, you can use a neuromodulator to offset that muscle that pulls your eyelid down and your eyebrow. And that can bring up your eyebrow and make it look softer, but it doesn't correct that extra heaviness that you have in your eyelid. So Botox works well there. Sometimes in very carefully placed areas, you can correct the tear trough area. That also works well as well. But I would say in most cases, you should consider doing less is more. You don't want to have that plastic, non-functional look. You want to be able to animate. You want to be able to still see some creases and some crow's feet. You know, you earn those small little wrinkles. So I think that's good. The other thing is, should I or could I do fillers in my eyelids to make them look better? The answer again is, it depends on your age. Fillers work good in the eyelid areas, especially in the lower eyelid, if you have a small amount of tear trough, which in other words, as we age, we start losing the skin, uh, the skin thickness in our eyelid, and it also you have sagging in this area. So if you get early tear trough areas, very early, and you have good skin tone and no extra fat, fillers, some very carefully selected fillers work well in there, small amounts. It has to be a non-hydrophilic filler. It has to be a filler that works well in that area. So you have to know before you go and that whole gets into that, you know, selecting your injector carefully. 
and sometimes people even use ultrasound to get it in the exact right place to make it look better because if you don't put a filler in correctly you can have that sausage look so beware so i would say filler is reasonably good in that area you can also do it in the upper lateral eyebrow to help bring the eyebrow up because you have loss of fat in that area but again, less is more in that area and have it done by somebody who's an experienced injector that knows the anatomy so it stays safe. Now here's another question. I had filler done and it looks bad. And I, don't, I assume it's probably in the tear trough. How do I correct it? Well, the most common thing I see from non-experienced injectors and some spas is they've had too much filler done in their face. That's a real tra travesty because Hopefully, most of the time, it's a hyaluronic acid filler, and you can melt it. But if you can't, then, then it's an issue. So uh, most of the time, it's a hyaluronic acid filler, and it's, it's really formed a big sausage around where the tear trough was because they put in too much and in the wrong place. So the biggest key in fillers is you know, you got to know where to inject it. It doesn't lift. It fills. So if you use a filler to fill, you look very puffed up, and that's not a good look. In general, less is more. You start in the upper outer areas, the temple's a good area, and then the lateral cheeks, and then work downward and inward. So upper, outer, and inner. That's the way to do it if you have an experienced injector. And look at your injector. I mean, if they look like they're overdone, I'd probably not have them inject me. So if you've had a filler done like uh, uh, too much hyaluronic acid, a filler in your tear trough, you can melt it with a hyaluronic, it's uh, hyaluronidase, and basically it melts that filler gradually. It doesn't take it all away, but it does work to soften that. So less, again, less is more, you know, and you can incrementally get it removed over one or two or three weeks. You can inject it weekly and get it to where you want to have it. So it, there is a solution for that if it's a hyaluronic acid filler. Here's another question I get all the time. Does Botox help the eyelid look better or does it just lift the brow? Well, it does a little bit of both. You could actually, commonly it helps to lift the eyebrow and correct these frown, these crow's feet on the side. Now, carefully placed uh, eyelid filler in the, in the supertarsal fold can bring your eyebrow eyelid up. A, a little bit, but you got to be very careful when you use that, and you have to find an experienced filler because that relaxes that muscle that actually then allows your, your eyelid to open. So carefully done Botox does make the eyes look better. It softens the crow's feet, it brings the eyebrow up, and you have to make sure that they're symmetrical because everybody's asymmetrical. You have a big eye and a small eye, okay? And we'll, can, we can show you that. Okay, so make sure you know before you go and you find an injector that really understands this. Here's another good question. I have dry eyes and have been told time and time again I can't have a blepharoplasty. Is that true? Well, the answer is it depends. If you've had severe dry eyes or have some syndrome like Sjogren's that cause you to have dry eyes and you're on medications, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have a blepharoplasty. But if you have normal dry eyes that everybody has that wears contacts or anybody over age 45 or 50, just be careful. You get a good history of dry eyes and don't overdo your blepharoplasty. The, the bottom line in patients that dry eyes, I almost always make sure that they can close their eyelids when I'm done with the procedure. And also I do what's called a canthopexy, which brings up the outer eyelid 
and make sure that they have adequate moisturization uh, in their post-op course. Those are very important things to know. So it's a very important uh, thing to understand. So all dry eyes, they're in a, they're in a, they're in a gradation, you know, from mild to severe. And the ones that are mild to moderate can have a buffer opacity if done correctly. So should I have my eyelids done with a facelift and why? Absolutely. I, I rarely do a facelift without eyelids because of the following reasons. If you come in and see me, I always ask you what are the things that bother you. Almost invariably, they say it's my neck and my jowls, and then some, sometimes they'll say my eyelids. But if, they really, if you really want to look youthful, you can do your lower face and neck and give you a beautiful jawline. But if you don't do anything with the eyelids, you're still going to look tired. So almost categorically, I'll say with their face and lower face and neck, I do the eyelids because the eyelids are one of the, it's the first thing you look at. You look at their eyelids, you look at their nose and their lips. So you want to make sure they all look good, especially the eyelids. If you do a beautiful facelift and they still have droopy eyelid skin, they're still going to say and look tired. So eyelids, check. I think you should do it with your facelift. Last 10, 15 years, and it makes you look awesome with your facelift. So here's a question that I get not infrequently. How long does it last? How does the eyelid last or blepharoplasty? It usually lasts about 10, 15 years or longer. Uh, and again, depends on your aging process. Uh, blepharoplasty will, upper eyelids last about 15 years. Lower, about the same, especially if it's carefully done. So, and, and you know, you want to do it carefully. You hide the incision in, in a nice crease, and you also hide the lower one. And it's a great operation if done well if you, by a surgeon that's, uh, that understands it, a board-certified plastic surgeon, oculoplastic surgeon, facial plastic surgeon that does this a lot. You know, know before you go. Here's another good question. Can I have a blepharoplasty, you know, with rhinoplasty and or facelift at the same time? And, of course, I've, I've answered part of that before. I commonly do a blepharoplasty with a rhinoplasty, especially in a patient that's over 35 or 40 because you're there, and I will do all of those things first, and I'll do a blepharoplasty and select a fat augmentation with a rhinoplasty and or a facelift, and certainly I do that concomitantly all the time. I do that almost weekly. I do those combinations, especially a blepharoplasty and facelift. So it's, it's the right thing to do. It's simultaneous surgery. It gives you a, a unified, beautiful result. So the answer is yes. I would definitely consider it. So. Well, here's a really a trick question. You know, how do you optimally correct a tear trough with surgery? Well, the most important thing to understand is that you can't ever fully correct a tear trough. And what is a tear trough? It's that line that you begin to form in your late 20s, early 30s, where you have thinning of skin and you have fat loss and, and from gravity around your tear trough above and below, and you get bulging of the fat through the septum, and you get this tear trough, which then becomes apparent that's made, made more so by the loss of fat in this area uh, below, below your uh, orbital rim. The optimal way to correct that is blending it to the eyelid cheek junction with what's been called a blepharoplasty, a lower eyelid surgery. But lower eyelid surgery really is, a, is something that, that is a continuum because eyelid surgery is blending of the cheek eyelid junction. It, you can't separate the two. So really a blepharoplasty is, is a, blef, a blending of the eyelid and the cheek together. And you'd best do that with fat. And I've described something called fractionated fat, which really is 
uh, a microfat where you're taking the fat and blending it and making it pure so that you can put it in this area and you can blend that area around the orbitomolar junction and make it look great. And again, don't overdo it. I'd rather underdo it. You blend it, you break up that orbitomolar retaining ligament when you're doing your blepharoplasty. So it's a great thing to do. So, um, well, here's a corollary that actually is an excellent question that's on, is fat augmentation useful as an adjunct to blepharoplasty? 100% yes. I do fat augmentation almost 100% of the time with a blepharoplasty because as we age, and that's the first thing that we, uh, we look at when we start aging is that we lose fat in our upper eyelid and our lower eyelid. Guess what happens? Your eyelid sinks inward. So you have to not just excise skin, you have to augment and bring the eyelid back. So I inject fat in the upper eyelid in this area, in the upper inner eyelid, as well as in the tear trough area to make it look youthful and natural. And we'll show you examples of that. That is beautiful. And it really just rejuvenates your entire face. And that's really what you want to do. It's unequivocal. So, so the answer to that is yes, 100%. So how often do I need to use fat in, in a blepharoplasty? Well, I think the, the answer to that is very often. And the other corollary to that is how often do you have to remove fat in blepharoplasty? And the answer to that in the upper eyelid is very infrequently because unless you have fullness in your eyelid, in the upper inner eye, eye you shouldn't remove the fat. It's not a good thing to do. And in a, a lower blepharoplasty, if you have bulging fat, you should remove that, and then you should blend it by uh, putting fat into the uh, tear trough area. So I use it categorically as part of blending the eyelid cheek junction. I think it's very, very important to do that. So I always, I always talk about eyelid surgery, how it transforms somebody. Look at Renee Zellwinger, that's her signature. She had you know, these heavy upper eyelids. Well, if you remove them, she, still, she looks good, but she looks so different. So the key is making sure you don't change somebody's appearance radically, because this was a radical change in Renee Zellwinger's appearance. Even though she looks good, they took away that, that bedroom look, that upper eyelid hooding. This also reminds us uh, that a youthful eyelid is a full eyelid, fullness in the upper and lower eyelid. So that's one of the things you have to understand and remember. And, and, and when you lose fat, you get aging in your eyelid, and you can see that, and you can see the bulging of the upper, lower eyelid skin, and, and you can see that tear trough that you see, and that's really what you want to correct. You're blending the eyelid cheek junction, and that's so important to do. And you can see how beautiful that is uh, doing that with your lower face and neck lift. And just a small amount of tear trough filler is fantastic in this area. Just blending that beautiful tear trough and correcting it is all you need. Less is more. That is so incredibly important. You can see that in this patient. And she had very little done except for the filler in that area. And of course, she had some neuromodulators around her uh, crow's feet as well and, uh, and her DAOs. So another patient has an example of blepharoplasty, upper and lower eyelids, just softened her upper and lower eyelids, just made it look youthful and natural. And, and so when you see somebody that you're going to blend the attitude junction you know, in your, in your lower eyelid surgery, you have to address the lower eyelid, and that's where you're addressing it with adding a fat in that area, and that's beautiful. So you're doing that, and you're adding fractionated fat. 
Again, same thing, you're blending the eyelid to junction and you're also taking a modest amount of skin in the upper eyelid. And that blending of the eyelid to junction is so critical and that's a five-step blepharoplasty, which is something that I talk about a lot. And, and addressing the cheek is so important with the eyelid. You can see if you address the cheek with the eyelid, it looks beautiful, it looks natural, and that's really what you want to address. You can't just do uh, blepharoplasty in an isolated manner without doing something with the cheek. And these are patients that exemplify that. So you're blending the eyelid to junction, a male that has the same type of issue, you're blending the tight eyelid to junction by adding fat to the cheek and to the tear trough and giving him a natural looking face. And I think that's really what you want, blending the eyelid to junction. These are all things that are so critical for us to understand when we're doing a facelift and doing a blepharoplasty. You're blending that eyelid and cheek junction. You're taking fat away from the lower eyelid and you're putting in fat in that tear trough and that's just beautiful. So in summary, these are, these are great questions about eyelid surgery and of course, these patients demonstrate a lot of the answers to some of these questions that I've talked about and give you a good understanding of what eyelid surgery is and how important it is to be part of your facial rejuvenation. So give me your comments, give me your thoughts, and, and I'll look forward to next month's Ask Dr. R. Have a great one.